This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Carm Capriato here, Remarkable Results Radio. Good to have you here. I'm hanging with my friend, Tom Ham. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm great, buddy. He's in Florida. I'm up in Buffalo, and snow's getting ready to melt, Tom. We're going to have a Florida kind of Christmas up here. I have obviously have a better agent than you do. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Good to see you. Love it. If you're watching us on video here, just check out that shirt. It obviously reeks of I'm in Florida and you're not. Yeah, actually, it's a little cold here today. It's 67 as we speak, but we actually just sold this house and we're going to move further south where it's warm to get out of the cold. So you're going from Orlando further south. Yeah, we're going to go down to Cape Coral again. We were there once before. Is that the house I was at, Cape Coral? Yes, sir. Cool. We were down there for an event, and then we stopped by Tom's house. Remember, if you're in your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening, and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop, and Napa Tracks will move your shop into the SMS fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Find Napa Tracks on the web at napatracs.com. Look, I'm glad you're here. We're going to do an update. Actually, it has its own URL, laborratetracker.com. And all of this is under the Tom's influence in his umbrella of Automotive Management Network, amnshop.com. That's a neat new short URL you got. I like that. Yeah, uh, that's a little, little easier to convey. <laughs> amnshop.com. So you had this, what, idea a couple of years ago? This is, wouldn't it be cool if we can get the shop in the whole world to pop up their labor rates so that we can kind of give an overview to the world as to what's going on with pricing in the market? Brilliant idea. I think you were telling me, what, about 800 shops reporting? About 800 at this point. Uh, yeah, it keeps growing, uh, growing better recently. We redid the map of few weeks ago. There's more things that you can do. It's interactive where you can pull up more statistics. It displays more statistics for you and calculates them. And so it's a little bit more further developed than the original labor rate tracker was. And we're just, we're, we're growing it. We have ideas. We're going to expand on things and uh, just one step at a time. And it's coming along nice. Tom, do you find a lot of multiple labor rates being posted because there's so many different options today? Well, what we do, because you can do this with surveys and so on and so forth, you can make it so complex that people really don't respond and it just gets a little bizarre. And I agree, you know, our shop has multiple rates and most shops have multiple rates. So what this is, we ask people for, you know, what's your door rate, your standard rate, your normal repair rate. People usually have a central rate and that's what we're looking for. Just so we're comparing apples and apples as best we can. So look, I can't imagine how this has helped your members get into their local market. What was the way in the past people did? They they call the shop down the road. They ask someone, what did you pay for your labor rate? They look at invoices from people. I mean, crazy, strange ways. But Tom, and tell me if I'm wrong, if you're going to set a labor rate based on what the guy down the street has, you may still not be profitable. No, that's one piece of information. It's a worthwhile piece of information. Sometimes that's off. Sometimes that can be thrown out a little bit too much. Oh, it doesn't matter with the other people. It's just yours. Well, yes and no. There's a certain value in knowing what the competition is at 
and just being able to understand where you are among that range of, of rates. But primarily, you, you don't start. That's certainly not the way you start. It's, it's a piece of information that comes later in the process. In the beginning, you'd start by doing it by your cost. I mean, that's how you sell anything, whether it's a part, technician's time, labor rate. You start with your costs and your calculations and so on and so forth. And that's how you come up with a rate initially. Then after you've done that, I think then you take a look at this and you say, okay, where did I fall on this? If you're kind of, sort of in the general area, you, you're probably doing a pretty good job. On the other hand, if you're way out on one end or the other, it's kind of like, did I mess up the calculation? Is everybody else in town out to lunch? I mean, what's going on? Why are we so different? So it's just a piece of information. Let's see what the other guys are doing. Well, hang in there because Tom and I are going to discuss what his findings are. He's got some really cool, what's the high rates, the low rates, West Coast, East Coast stuff. He's going to cover that in a few minutes. But to your point on amnshop.com and Remarkable Results Radio, just type in the word labor in the search and get the kind of information that you need to get from the pundits, the smart people in our industry that are either coaching or shop owners that said, hey, I was sloppy and I struggled in the early days and I finally found structure and I got the spreadsheet that helped me go put all my costs and my margins up and realized, boom, if I want to make a great profit, take care of my people, take care of my family, have retirement for all, health care, all that stuff, that's the labor rate I need to charge. Hmm. Let's go to laborratetracker.com. Let's see what's going on in my market. Here's where I'm supposed to be for success and profit. And here's where the market is. And is that a logical way to approach your final number? I think it's logical to take a look at what the other competition is. Again, if you're too far, if you're way out of that general ballpark range in the area, why? Maybe there's a good reason why, but why are you so different? If you're only checking the three shops in the neighborhood, you're way different. Maybe it's because they're all out to lunch and they very well could be. Nowadays, as far as labor rates and everything else, any shop owner should be hooked in with some kind of a trainer, some kind of a coach, some kind of a peer group, something beyond a free Facebook group where people just chat about this and that. But some kind of serious coaching training company is really a necessity nowadays. If you want to get going up there with a the shop, if you just want to have a little mom and pop shop and, and that's cool and you just want to stay at the low end, you're happy there, that's okay. But if you want to expand and grow and, and get into something bigger, which some people do, some don't, then you really need to be part of involved with some kind of trainer. To your point, I love it. Liberate Tracker to me, in my mind, it's like a litmus test. It's a barometer. Which way is the wind blowing? What's the forecast going to be? But as you said earlier, you've got to really set your labor rate mathematically based on where your profit goals are. Get all that. And there's a lot of people that don't get that. Okay. They're just going to say, hmm, McDonald's is at this and I'm a sandwich shop and Tim Hortons and Dunkin' Donuts is here. Burger King is there. And so I'm going to be here. It doesn't make any rhyme or reason. Talking to a lot of shops lately and they've upgraded their image, their brand, their building, their facility, their weight room, the training. I mean, they're really going where they really need to go in order to compete and survive down the road, they're not bashful to have the highest labor rate because when the consumer comes in and the trust is built, the consumer, if you're looking for the high-end customer, they're going to pay your price. Right. They're looking for somebody they can depend on, trustworthy, so on and so forth, is the primary thing. We can get too preoccupied with the low-end customer that you don't want anyway, really. You don't want to work towards that. But when people say, how do I set my labor rate? My first question, and I'm sure other people approach a different way, my first question is, what does a good first-class technician cost you? What do you have to pay? It's just like, what do you have to pay for a water pump at your Napa store? I mean, same concept. What do you have to pay for a technician? Until you can determine that, 
you really can't calculate a labor rate. And it makes it difficult to hire so on and so forth. But you have to find out what a good technician is going to cost you. You have to be willing to pay that much. And then you have to begin to calculate your rate based on that and other factors. Thank you for this discussion and doing this update. And we're going to get into some detail here in a minute. But I think talking about labor rates, not ad nauseum, but it's almost if there was a top five things that you should worry about in 2024, it is maybe not necessarily that you've got that your labor rate is right, but it is functioning is a right and smart piece of your strategy to make a profit. I mean, it just can't be what the guy down the road has. It has to be what works for you individually. Okay, let's move on. What are your great members of Automotive Management Network saying about this great new tool? We really rarely get any kind of negative feedback on it. It's all positive. We get a lot of thank yous just for providing the data. And we get suggestions too. Could you do this with it? And matter of fact, that's how our newer map is partially based on that, on suggestions that we got on what's going on there. I love it. And there's no doubt that I think the industry has wanted this tool for a while. It's been two and a half years now that you've been doing this? No, 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 no. We're just barely over a year old. Okay. Oh, wow. Then I've lost track of my time. So one year old, 800 people are playing in the sandbox. I think it's huge. I think that's a big number. We got a good sampling. It gets better and better all the time. I mean, some states, there's 50 or more shops participating. Other states, not so many. As we get more and more online, it becomes better and better. And we show state averages. We show the low for the state, the high for the state. And when we display the rates, we display them according to the town, not according to the shop. We always want to point out when we when we get rates from people, we don't broadcast or print where the shop is. I mean, the address of the shop or the name of the shop. All we do is if it's a shop in Chicago, that's all you know. It's a shop in Chicago. That's it. just the town or the city that the shop is in. Some people are afraid they don't want to give too much personal information away. We, we really hide all that. Just do that. Well, that's smart. So if I'm on laborratetracker.com and I'm searching in my marketplace and I see some, and are you kind of interrupting them and says, hey, if you're not on here, why don't you be a player? Are you trying to draw people in when they come and look? Oh, yeah. We try to draw people in a number of different ways. We're always trying to you know, encourage people to participate. It's difficult to get people to participate with anything nowadays. Everything's hawked at everybody all day long. So it takes some convincing because a lot of people, it's like the phone. What kind of scam is calling me this time? So when there's straight stuff out here like this, there's no catch to it. It's completely free. We don't share your email or information with anybody. It's just, just a great free tool. And by participating a little bit, you help other shops. So it's that kind of thing, just a two-way street. So if we can convince people of that and, they, and they, they grasp that, then they're okay. Then they go on there and we have a very simple form. It's very easy to take 60 seconds to fill in the information, put your rate in there. We do have people we request after six months. We get them to update that in case the rate has changed. So we keep the information fresh so we don't have stale information in there. If you went to Apex 2023, then you realize the incredible commitment that Apex has to the service professional shop owner, technician, and service advisor. Joe's Garage is your place to hang out with 10 working bays and real live working conditions. Also, the best tech companies, from tools and repair to management software, had their latest and greatest on display and demonstrated for you. You also attended technical and business management training with the industry's best and brightest trainers, coaches, and teachers. Work is underway to make next year's Apex 2024 have even more product demos, trending training, marketing, and social media support to help you grow your career, sales, and profits. Remember, if you earn your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening, and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024.
let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. NapaTrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. NapaTrax offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Trax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Any kind of shop differentiation? Say I was an RV shop or a diesel shop, anything like that? That's kind of interesting. And, and that would be the kind of thing where people are saying, you know, I want to get in this industry. I'm not quite sure where I want to go. And that's a good example right there. And I've got some of the details on that there. The highest rate that we're seeing, which... I kind of know because I'm a longtime owner is RV. If you want to make the most labor, that's where it is. It may be one of the more complex ones as a facility and tracking down the parts, so on and so forth. But as far as uh, technologically, RVs are not more technologically. A lot of the stuff on an RV is not that technologically advanced compared to a car. That's where the highest is. We came up with an average at this point of the RV shop tells us about 180, which is pretty healthy. And they're just running them down from top to bottom RV. Then uh, franchises were next, car dealers, heavy duty, which it's something that seems to be developing more and more. There's more trucks in the road if you've been out in the highway. Transmission shops, independence, accessory shops, fleet shops, restoration, which I found a little bit interesting. I would think a restoration business would be higher up, but it was right, it's near the bottom, which is, I'm not quite sure why. Tom, let's stop for a moment. It's at the second from the bottom as far as your ratings from high to low. And can I say the number? Sure. It's 124. I think you're right. I know shops that are charging 30, 40% higher than their door rate for classic and restoration work because of the time it takes and the base space it's taking up. That just blows me away. Well, it may be, you know, as our data develops over a period of time, we get a bigger sampling. Maybe it's a little bit low right now. But the beauty is, is that Tom is tracking from RV franchise dealer, heavy duty transmission shops, Indy, Fleet, Restorations and Tire. I love that cross section. And we want to do that. That took some time to develop that because we just start throwing around labor rates and it's kind of like, what kind of shop is it? Because there's so many different kinds of shops and different kinds of vehicles too. Euro is at the top, which you kind of expect. Asian specialists after that. And then power sports, fairly high up, domestic Asian trucks, which I thought might be a little bit higher. And finally, all makes, all makes is at the low end there. There are some more obscure ones that I didn't put in there because we don't have good enough sample for. Interesting to see the different ranges on that. Love that. This is so significantly chock full of stuff compared to the last time you and I did an episode on this. You have really stretched your boundaries. We got a whole pack of ideas. So <laughs> we get good suggestions. So you're like me, you wake up at two in the morning. You're not worried about making payroll. You're worried about what's the next new fun thing. <laughs> it's fun to do new stuff. Those are more numbers people and others. If you're a numbers person, you know, I can easily see just sitting on this map for an hour and just playing and looking at everything and, and uh, just getting a grasp of, of where things are. I was playing with this morning just for entertainment value. What's the differences is the demographics and all that kind of thing. So I was looking at the state. So I was pulling up like Batista and so on. You get different maps of statistics from state to state. 
So how do they compare? And I was looking at maps. I was saying, well, if I look at our map and I look at a map for other statistics, can I find a pattern? And you'll enjoy this, I hope. I looked at a red state, blue state map. Oh, my. And I went, there's some similarity between the two maps. The most expensive five states for labor rates, they're all blue or neutral. There are no reds in the top five. And if we go to the 10 cheapest states, at the lowest labor rate, they're all red or neutral. There's no blue states in there. I think that's enough there. You could obviously study it further, but apparently you're going to be paying more in blue states. So interesting. I don't know, but I just found that interesting for fun. Yeah, I don't know what the connection is there. And we, you and I, you and I off air could debate that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know, yeah. I knew, we did it. to make any kind of a point. I mean, you could make the point either way. It's kind of like, gee, I want to go to a blue state and get more money or I want to pay less than a red. I don't know, whatever. And logically, Tom, the big cities are going to be more than the country of the suburbs, right? Yeah, you can definitely see that. The low end state, for instance, California, average rate of 172. And then the range, the low end was 125 and the high end is 297. So it's like two and a half times as much from the low to the end, which, which I find staggering. That's probably one of the most surprising things I found out about this whole exercise is the range in one state. The range could be that drastic. At the other end, the cheapest state, the lowest price state, I even found this kind of surprising. I wouldn't expect it, but the lowest price state we got is Ohio. I can't believe that. That strikes me a little bit odd too, but we got a pretty good sampling. It's not like we don't have a lot of numbers. And the, the lowest rate in Ohio is 75 and the highest rate, 179. Well, the 75's a hobby shop. So, well, it, that very well could be. What I am finding, and I think one thing we're going to add, it's, it's not as simple as into websites and internet. Things aren't as simple as just snap making a change. It, it's more complex. But I think one thing we may add in the near future, we may s- separate out mobile. We got quite a few mobiles participating in here and they're usually at a lower rate. There's a few exceptions, but I would say nine out of 10 times, they have an exceptionally low labor rate. You mean mobile repair, not mobile diag. Yeah, I've talked about the guy with a van and, a, and tools and all that and so on and so forth. I was talking to a mobile repair guy this past Thursday, and I asked him, how's business, knowing it's been cold? And he goes, we've never been so busy. <laughs> I was just blown away by it. You feel when the snow's on the ground and it's cold, the people, oh, I'm not going to call them to come out and service my vehicle in the driveway, but people weren't, they just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you see, the weather is a huge factor. The other huge factor in mobile, and, and we see it, especially down here in Florida, the houses and yards are not as pretty in Florida as you might think. I'll just leave it at that, somewhat below average. So therefore, in order to address that, what they have in Florida is there's tons of HOAs, gated communities, et cetera, et cetera. The reason they do that really isn't for security. It's because they don't want somebody goes on it and they buy a three quarters of a million dollar house. And there's a three quarter million dollar house next door and it's got refrigerators in the front yard and trash all on. So therefore they have all these HOAs and, and uh, gated communities. That's a long way of getting to my point, which is those communities often have restrictions on mobile repair. So you've got some really good potential clients in there that you can't go to their house because they're not going to let you go in there and, and do car repair and driveways. It's not happening. Blown away by Ohio being your lowest average of 109. I also saw that Nebraska was on there and Alabama, Mississippi, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania really surprises me. There's a ton of shops in Pennsylvania. We got a lot of samples there, but prices in Pennsylvania are very low, only 112. And again, if Pennsylvania has an abundance of really good technicians who will work at a relatively low wage, then it makes sense. I don't know that to be true, but I mean, that would be a logical explanation. And the opposite would be true for California. I guess if I got on the map and I started to play around with it and I just focused on Pennsylvania, I'm listening, oh, 
It's 112. I would probably want to look at the bigger cities and see maybe more of the rurals was, was super low, like your gap in Ohio between 75 and 179. See, we have all the cities listed. Highest rate, Pennsylvania, just the top few, Levittown, Percassie, Ivy Land, then Salem, Easton, Reading. Those are at the higher end. And then down at the low end, Lancaster, Woodbury, Scranton, Brookville, Sigertown. Country and blue collar towns. Yeah. It's so interesting. Wow. Okay. It's such a valuable tool for our industry. And do you have to be a member of Automotive Management Network to get on Labor Rate Tracker? Yeah, you do have to be a member. We have a real simple membership form. It's free. There's an optional pay membership. It's just that. It's optional. It gets you more SOPs and more data and, and interesting stuff on the website. But the Labor Rate Tracker is part of the free section. You do have to join. And it's a very, uh, again, very simple form to sign up. You just click upgrade and you do that. And Again, just to emphasize, when we get that information, we do not share it. We do not share it. We do not sell it. If somebody says, I signed up for your website and I started getting a bunch of junk mail from people other than us, I say, well, that's a coincidence because we don't give it to anybody. You're going to get a little bit of email when you sign up because we have a weekly newsletter and that kind of thing. So you're going to get a few emails from us from time to time, but we don't give your information to anybody, phone numbers, addresses, any of that stuff. It's all completely private when you sign up. So it's safe to sign up. I have a strange thought, really strange. If I was looking at the labor rate tracker and I would love to know that this individual who has is posting a door rate of 169 has a really strong and powerful profit margin and they would be considered in our industry as a top shop doing so, so many things right. I wonder if there's any value in delineating, is that the right word? The profit structure of the shop based on their labor rate. <laughs> I know that may be over my head. Now, keep in mind, when we display rates, what we're displaying is the rate for towns. Ah, you're averaging a town. So if they gave you their profit margin, you could still average that up and put that up. But yeah, you could if they were willing to give it as anonymous as they can. It's just so interesting because I think there's no doubt that there's some parallels. Just talking to some coaches and say, listen, we, we've seen the, the clients that we get, the new people that want to be advised by us. And we start in here, we start over there, we look at this and we say, goals and ultimately labor rate reviews are a critical part of the success profitability of being a top tier shop just is. Well, sure. A management trainer, if they got a new client in there and I mean, they're generally goals that they're shooting for with labor rates. There's percentages somewhere in the, oh, say 70%, give or take a few percentages either way. And I'm sure when they get a new member in, if they're looking at all their key numbers and the percentage on the labor rate is great, they don't suggest that they raise the rate. I mean, I wouldn't anyway. Let's work on some of the other figures. So interesting that almost think that we need to go out to all of our top coaches and advisors in the industry and say, look at amnshop.com, become a member if you're not, go to laborratetracker.com, pull the information for your clients or your new client of the labor rates and just have it, have it there on a sheet of paper so you know, so that in the marketplace that this new client is from, at least you have an idea what the market rates are. It's a research tool for, for coaches. Well, a lot of shops do nowadays, or I talk to some, and they'll have a reminder in their calendar once a month, check the rate. In other words, review all the labor rate numbers in the past 30 days or whatever, and, and are we still hitting our goals and, or due for a change of any kind, et cetera. And part of that is just check the map in our area because there's probably been updates and changes in the last 30 days. Let's go see what's happening there. That all ties in together rather nicely. So Ann sent me out to get a half gallon of milk the other day and I paid 309 for it. And I was just shocked because I hadn't 
been out grocery shopping in a while <laughs> for, because St. Anne does all of that stuff for me. Right? And I looked at the cost of the gallon and the gallon wasn't that much higher. It seemed like they're really charging a lot for a smaller quantity. And so my point is with all of the costs that are going up, Tom, how often are you looking at your labor rate and are you doing any factoring to be sure that it is being set based on new costs? In our shop, the primary thing we look at, we're looking at the labor GP, the labor gross profit. There's other factors that go in there, but we're mainly looking at that. That's the kind of the main barometer we're looking at and seeing whether that's where it should be. If it's in a reasonable range, then then we're probably good with it. If not, we need to go in there and adjust things. Because of all the other costs that are going on that's in that, in the cost of labor. Yes. How's healthcare for you this year? Is it, has it gone up again? Not too bad, actually. It is surprisingly not as big of an increase as what we anticipated. So interesting. There are so many other costs that are going up. I know there's insurance costs that are going up. Of course, a lot going on in the healthcare world. And good for you that it hasn't gone up. You talk about your gallon of milk. I just happen to think we've been driving back and forth to Cape Coral is a house shop. And I think we paid two ninety eight a gallon for gas. And then Deb's son, he's an expediter and he had texted us or called or whatever. He had crossed the border into California into California. And he says, wow, gas is 7.28. (laughs) Wherever he happened to be. (laughs) It's just, wow. Just amazing the differences. It's kind of like the labor rates. It's just wild the differences from one state to the next. There's the factor of why California in your labor rate trackers averaged 172. Yeah. I think it's the only place where we're near 300, too. There might have been a couple of places in Texas that were close to 300, too. It is definitely going up. Uh, California, most cars, too. And the statistics I was finding out that somewhat ties in with all this, and we're looking at is, uh, of course, California has the most cars. I think everybody could guess that. And which state has the second most cars? New York. No. Texas. No. Florida. Yes. Really? Well, because everybody's moving down there. 14 million. Uh, Florida and Texas are close. Florida's a little more with about seven or eight million. New York's only about three million, not even half of what Florida has. No kidding. There's just a lot of spare extra cars down here. People own multiple cars. They last forever in the Southern climates. They don't die as quick, but uh, yeah, a lot of cars down here in Florida. So Tom, are all the snowbirds down there yet or two more weeks yet? It's kind of fun because I think this started way back even 50 years ago or even more. Florida, I didn't get too much into history, but Florida really wasn't a place to go because it was too darn hot down here. Even in the winter, what made Florida, especially Miami and so on, what it made it blow up, Fort Myers and all that, is air conditioning, which came in post-war. And then everything really started to grow with 50s, 60s, so on and so forth. It's a lot of fun. We love it. Good old Florida. Wow. Yeah, you've been down there a lot of years, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as the snowbirds, when they 50s, 60s, 70s, so on and so forth, they'd come down for, I don't know, a few weeks two, four, six weeks, eight weeks, maybe. And now you talk to a lot of people down here. What I hear most often is, hey, it's about five, seven. It's about seven in Florida and five up north. (laughs) Yeah, we have friends that go down there for three and or sometimes four months, depending on if they feel like coming north again, because if the weather hasn't cooperated. Every time that we've been down here and for some reason we went north, I get a cold or flu every time. Every time you shift? Every time I go north in the winter. In the winter, okay. I wait till May, which we probably will do this year, then I'm good. It's probably just me or it's coincidence or whatever, but anyway, I avoid the cold now. (laughs) All right, well, look, I so appreciate you doing Labor Raid Tracker. Thank you for coming on and giving us an idea of the enhancements that you guys have made and some great statistics. We're going to be developing it further, and I think we're going to come up with some other 
things to track to that's on the planning. It's on the planning. It's on the future. So the point here is laborratetracker.com is it's an evolving, exciting thing. If Tom can think it, he's going to do it. <laughs> as <laughs> I long love as it. the checkbook holds out, yeah. You just got to be a member of amnshop.com aftermarket management network. Hey, th- thanks for the update. Always good to catch up with you, my friend. Always fun to come on. Raz you about your cold weather. You do so well, by the way. I can't say hello to Tom until he asks me, hey, what's the tap there? Yeah, it's got any snow in Buffalo this year? Yeah, we have had it, but uh, by the weekend, it should be gone. Yeah, we're recording this uh, just before the Christmas weekend. I'm not sure when it's going to be published, but Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy New Year. Yeah, up, to, up there in Michigan, there's, we'll see what happens, but boy, that, the little bit of snow that fell is melting right away. Uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day is in the 50s, and I assume that's kind of up where you, same in Buffalo too, but extremely warm up there. And then, of course, all of a sudden it'll hit at once. Everybody will. Trust me, we're not having one of those years where the snow doesn't show. It'll be here and, and we'll tough it through like we do every year. And we'll get ourselves maybe three months of cold and snow. And then we look forward to our beautiful, beautiful summers up here as we always genuflect and wish for that to happen. We're looking forward. We're going more forward to that this year because we did buy a house on a lake up there. So we're going to be doing some water sports this year. Well, good for you. And, and thanks for the update on laborratetracker.com. Thanks, man. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 